Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And we have another doozy for you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my I gosh. Just... This one checks so many boxes for us. Yes. <laughs> All the boxes of Sydney's favorite things. Literally. <laughs> if you could, I think last week's episode, we played the guessing game of Sydney's favorite things. And I only let you get like three of them deep. But <laughs> <laughs> this has a few of those favorite things. <laughs> yes, definitely does. And if you've been listening, you definitely know what those favorite things of mine are because they're just repetitive. And also another one of my favorite things came up today in text messages with Peyton and I. So did it? Oh, it Abe. did. It did. It did. I'm like, what? Abe. <laughs> yes. I just it's so on brand for Sydney. <laughs> and this I think been... this this case is also on brand. <laughs> This case has, like, been one on my list for quite some time, too, and I just feel like it was never the right time. Well, now is definitely the time, so. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Well, I don't think I have anything crazy to get into before we record. I'm sure I'll do, like, a a dive into some true crime news before our next episode, but uh, right now I don't have anything. (laughs) Cool. uh, I guess I'll just let you dive right in. All right. An article from the Kenosha News in Kenosha, Wisconsin, dated January 8th, 1963, reads, Bloodstained car's owner is missing. Exclamation point. Don't forget the exclamation point. It states that Anthony... Tony Birnat, a local man and business owner of Lakeside Music Company, a jukebox business, has not been seen or heard from since the previous night. But his vehicle was found in a parking lot with a blood-covered coat and a pair of glasses a few feet away from the car. Tony was born on April 4th, 1916 in Chicago and had moved to Kenosha in 1937. He had married his wife, Irene, in 1942 and had two children. He was very involved in his business and often worked super late into the night to handle service calls that might come, service calls that might come in from local taverns regarding these jukeboxes that they had. The last day that Tony was seen alive was January 7th, 1963, and the timeline, the timeline of his day seems a bit too full and a bit odd. Between 12.30 p.m. and about 5 p.m., Tony has a pretty typical day having lunch with friends, running errands. Uh, At 6 p.m., he goes home to eat dinner with his family, and then eventually he returns to his office around 8.50 or so, which was not uncommon for him. As previously mentioned, he typically would work late or go back in. After leaving his office, he stopped for a newspaper. This was also something that he had done nightly. And this is where things get weird. As okay. Tony was... Wo- what? Sorry. 
I know so, it's going to get sh- even more strange from here, but I was literally listen- like looking this up and I was like, this is a weird timeline to me. And I guess like I work a nine to five or eight to five kind of job. You know what I mean? Like, so I guess it's hard for me to comprehend and understand <laughs> that like you'd go home, eat dinner, go back into work, do your thing for a few more hours then you leave. And then also, why are you getting a newspaper late at night? Don't normal people get newspapers in the morning? So, like, I was thinking I about know. that, too. But, like, <laughs> it being, like, the, the 60s, I feel like, like, you could get them, like, the night before. I feel like they released them, like, late in the evening. It wasn't, like, a morning thing. I don't know. Okay. Though. That's what, like, the vibe that I got of it. Because it was, like so many years ago like I don't think that newspapers always came in the morning I thought it was like evening news like I thought that I you mean, got them maybe okay maybe I'm wrong I don't know so that part, I'm just I thinking of modern day and I thought it was weird I have to remember this was like a while ago <laughs> definitely in modern day that's that's weird but like I feel like that's a common thing in like older tv shows or like um Older TV shows <laughs> was it like all right? We're gonna okay, fair, uh, fair. Newspaper <laughs> like it's really just TV shows. That's the only the only okay, thing that I have. Okay, just ignore so, me and my weird questions because I don't know. I do feel like the timeline anything. though. <laughs> I really feel like the timeline though is like too much. Like it's too full. It's weird that he's like doing a lot of back and forth stuff. I guess I'm happy to know that, like, this newspaper thing is, like, an everyday thing. Because if it wasn't, I would think that was weird, though, too. Like, whether it was in the morning or at night. It was, like, his normal routine. So, I guess, like, even if it's weird for us, it's not abnormal for him. This is, like, his normal routine at this point. So, whatever. Okay, sorry. I'll let you go into how things get even more (laughs) strange from here. Because I have more comments to add. Oh, I'm excited. (laughs) As Tony was walking back to his car after grabbing his newspaper, he was approached by some men and was punched and knocked on the trunk of his car. He reportedly had called out for help and then was continued to be beaten up by these three men who then dragged him and placed him in the back of a vehicle that had like a getaway driver at the front seat. There is said to be multiple witnesses to this event. But none of these witnesses contacted police. What the hell, Sydney? <laughs> I was waiting for you to get this the sentence out because I'm like, I'm like, you literally just watched someone get abducted and you're like, eh, I'm gonna go about my business. <laughs> literally, like anonymous tip. What the hell? Yeah, it's like you don't have to do anything about it, like. You could literally do, like, an anonymous, like, an, an informant-type situation, like, an anonymous tip line. You'd think that you'd, like, do something. And, like, something. there's literally, like, multiple reports of people that were watching this happen. And, like, nobody went to go and help him. Nobody told <laughs> anyone until, like, he, it like, came out, out later. Like, He's like, <laughs> I'm so stressed. I was looking this up, and I was like, there were multiple witnesses. <laughs> And none of those witnesses called anything in. There was not a, like, hey, we saw, like, this was a, we found out later on this information that there were multiple witnesses. Just so everyone knows, this was not, like, hey, someone called the cops. No, none of them did anything. 
<laughs> no. Nobody did anything. Didn't Go we figure. just talk? We just went over this. See something, say something, people. <laughs> and I feel like, like, it's one of those things, like, we talk about it, and it's like, wow, that's super fucked up. Like, nobody said anything. But I feel like it's really common. Like, and in a situation like this, you would think that, okay, this is very suspect. Like, something's going on. Very suspicious. It's not, like, where... Oh, like that might have been weird, but like I don't know if I should call the cops. Like it wasn't that weird. Like this guy's literally screaming for help and getting beat the fuck up, and you're not doing anything about it. As Tony's disappearance was obviously suspect, investigations had started right away. It was believed to be a kidnapping, murder, like right off the bat, even without a body or without Tony being there. And the kidnapping was thought to be linked to a Sicilian mafia that was located in Milwaukee and Kenosha. Um, If you're not familiar with the location of Kenosha, Milwaukee is about a half hour away. Chicago is probably like 45 minutes. So it's like smack dab in the middle. I was just going to say for like literally anyone outside of that area, because I didn't comprehend (laughs) But I think we've talked about this before because, like, technically, Kenosha is considered the greater Chicago area, right? Yeah, it's, like, the furthest, like, the farthest northern suburb of Chicago. But, like, you're in Wisconsin, so it's, like, literally right over the border. Like, Kenosha is, you drive into Wisconsin and you're getting off the exits (laughs) like it's yeah literally right there I did not believe it until I had to see it with my own eyes folks (laughs) well yeah and even because like people at work like because I drive kind of far for work and people will be like I'll be like oh yeah I went to Illinois over the weekend and people will be like you did and I'm like yeah it's literally like three minutes away like it's not like it's (laughs) you know takes you guys like an hour literally three (laughs) minutes yeah I could not even that far like, my boyfriend goes over the border to gamble, like, every weekend. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't he, like, work in Illinois? So, yeah, right there, like, and you work, well, I'm not trying to triangulate you guys, but, like, <laughs> and, but the same thing. Work like, in the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's, it's, like, literally, I think, a pretty central location where you could drive an hour to Chicago well depending on traffic and and an hour to Milwaukee so it's like right there not even an hour to Milwaukee but that's like smack dab in the middle between yeah the The investigations had led to three suspects all of which had allegedly threatened Tony in recent months the suspects were William who went by Weezer Cavalli, Steve DeSalvo, and Joseph Guerrera. Guerrera was also one of the top mobsters in Kansas City. Just keep that in mind. All three of these men had ties to the Milwaukee Mafia. DeSalvo and Guerrera had claimed to have never known or ever even met uh, Tony. Well, Cavelli had actually confirmed the encounter of the alleged threatening, but instead said that they had not been threatening Tony. They were just letting him know as a courtesy about possibly expanding business into jukeboxes. Basically, it sounds more like, hey, you're about to have some competition. If you can't beat them, join them type situation. But nobody really knows what goes on from there. Also, I just really love that the one guy 
his nickname's Weezer. <laughs> it's spelled like Weezer, too. I wonder if he had asthma. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> I'm gonna look into it. <laughs> I, I feel like that is something that he's more looking into, because these are, like, supposedly big, bigger-named people I mean, that were like involved in. I mean, that's, like, probably how he got his nickname as, like, a kid. <laughs> he, like, couldn't breathe. <laughs> I always wonder, like, how those... I had taken a quiz one time, and it was like, what's your organized <laughs> crime nickname? And it was like something stupid. And I was like, come on, I want to be something cool. I, I mean, like, to- it's better than, like, some of those people being known as, like, Fat Tony. You're like, okay, that sucks. Like, thanks I think mine was, like, Dice or something. It was something <laughs> stupid. I was like, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I don't but know. I want to. I'm one. I'm curious what my organized crime name would be. I'm gonna find the the quiz. I'm gonna send it to you. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> so they had these suspects right from the get go. Um, police had received a tip on January 24th. So this is only a few weeks after the disappearance um, of when Tony was last seen, and they were told that Tony's body was in the county in the basement of an abandoned building in a shallow grave. Four days later, police found Tony's body in the basement of a farmhouse on the inactive Bong Air Force Base more than 20 miles from where Tony was last seen. So the informants, this anonymous call that they had gotten, the phone call that led police there went somewhere along the lines of this. And it's, quote, if you want to find Birnad's body, look in the basement of an abandoned house in Kenosha County. And then when the police police had asked for more specifics, they said, well, you can be sure of one thing. It ain't going to fly away. So them saying it ain't going to fly away led them to look at, like, this old Air Force base. I don't think otherwise they would have thought of that. It was just, like, that sarcastic comment that made them go look there. Uh, which I thought was really interesting and very intriguing because I was gonna ask how else would you get there? How they got there because I didn't see that part. I just saw like the what the anonymous tip originally said, and I was like, okay, an abandoned building in the county. Like, how did you come up with this? <laughs> yeah, right. But that and, that makes sense then. Yep. So that was like the initial thing, and then. When they were asking, you know, okay, well, can you give us a location or do you know anything additional? They said their little smart ass comments and they were like, well, if it's not going to fly away, maybe they're talking about the base. And they went there. And in the basement, there was bloody handprints and Tony's wrists were tied together with a wire. It was determined that he had died from three or four blows to the back of the head with a sharp object. Um... There's also mention that his skull had possibly been crushed. And another little tidbit that I thought was interesting to mention was that his watch had stopped at 1220 a.m. So they had found that pretty interesting and were looking into he must have died sometime after midnight when that watch like stopped. Yeah, so that means either... (laughs) Because this makes me so uncomfortable. But during the brutal attack that his 
watch was hit or like he put his arm up to defend himself or something and they hit the watch and smash it or during the disposal of his body it got hit hard enough to like stop basically and nice those are my guesses but my for my first thought is the the number one option here or paranormal activity okay maybe that's third option so, I mean, we could do a whole nother episode on just the, the Bong Air Force Base, um, but it's a lot of weird shit yeah, that goes on over there. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw that it was potentially haunted or something. <laughs> this is, like, alien activity over there, too. Oh, my so, God. Okay. <laughs> so, there's a lot of weird shit going on over there. So, it, it definitely would make more sense for the watch to have gotten smacked around that time. But if there's another parallel... I also don't think I would be genuinely surprised. To this day, no one has been charged for the murder, and it's actually been described as, quote, one of the the Chicago-Milwaukee area's most baffling mysteries. One thing is for certain, the Lincoln connection, and also the fact that it still remains unsolved, seems to point to the mob or organized crime. And there have been plenty of stories to fit that narrative. Officers were told from informants that the Chicago outfit had ordered the Milwaukee mob to kill Tony because he would not join a partnership with Chicago in his jukebox company. People were also quite aware of Tony's ties to organized crime as he had previously serviced illegal machines in Chicago. So... Those three suspects, bleh, those three suspects that had been mentioned earlier, all since have passed. But it's said that before Guerrera had passed, he did in fact confess to his involvement. That him and two others were ordered by the Milwaukee mob to intimidate Tony into doing business with them, which ultimately led to an accidental killing. But these are all merely rumors and stories that have been told over time. And without saying too much, there is a lot of rumors of these being of there being like a Kenosha mob during these same this same time period as well. Um, so we know Tony had his business and he had these ties to organized crime. So a feud between the other two mobs would not be unheard of of like why they would want to put a target on his back, I feel like. I have lots of thoughts. A hundred percent organized crime related. Thousand percent. Like, let's be honest. Also, I just like want to go on my little tangent because I told you said that I wanted to talk about this. I know this case, kind of, like not as in depth. Really? We just went. And I can't figure out for the life of me why. But here's what I think happened. (laughs) And I just need you to hear me out. I think last time I was there to visit, we took a little drive on the highway. (laughs) Probably. And I think we passed a sign for this place. Probably. And I think you were telling me that weird shit happens there. And that... There was, like, organized crime, potential organized crime. Murder, or, like, something, yeah, like, a body was on there or something. You had told me something, and I was, like, hmm. And while you drove, I Googled it. (laughs) It was, like, right, so it was right on the way to, like, the Beast of Bray Road. 
Okay, so I think that's when I was last there, and we went to go visit the Beast of Bray Road then, because yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember Googling it, and all I remember was the name of the Air Force Base and a body found, like, partially buried in an abandoned building on that those grounds <laughs> in potential organized crime links. That's, like, all I remembered. But I was, gotcha. like, looking it up, and I'm, like, I'm having deja vu right now. <laughs> I know And this. I, like, for the life of me, the last couple days could not figure it out. And today I was, like, I think this is what happened. But I don't know if I, like, imagined that or if that's, like, really what happened. No, I think that's definitely what happened. <laughs> I also think because, so the one of, like, the articles or, like, references that I looked at was from the Mob Museum, like, out of Vegas. Okay. And there is references to, I think, that Guerra guy, because he's the Kansas City mobster. And so he oh. he's, like, in the mob museum. So I definitely, I know that I, at one point, I feel like, told Ryan, I'm like, hey, blah, 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 blah. So I might have made mention then, too, because I was looking for these people. But, I mean, okay. Kenosha's is a lot smaller than, you know, Milwaukee, Chicago, Kansas City, <laughs> these bigger ones. So, like, some of those other bigger names were on there. So, like, I'm trying to think of the, the Milwaukee guys, like, Frank Balistri or something. Like, I'm pretty okay. sure he was in there, too. And he's another person that allegedly might have put in the hit on Tony. But there's well, really... in Kenosha, it was, like, a place where it's, like, probably really kind of low-key and, like, a middle ground for, like, the Milwaukee and <laughs> Chicago outfits. And like, I think so. Let's be honest, we know in like back in the day in like Prohibition and things like that, like Kenosha and Milwaukee were like instrumental in being involved with like Chicago and Al Capone. And mm-hmm. like I Capone I'm had not, a house in Kenosha. Yeah, so like <laughs> I don't think it's that like, ass. <laughs> out of the ordinary to assume that there was organized crime connected they just probably weren't as big like you said as like chicago names or milwaukee names you know or other big there city names so a thousand percent organized crime going on i think that <laughs> it, it just wasn't as big but it was going on for legal purposes sydney cannot disclose any further <laughs> it may still be going on <laughs> um but yes, I just think this has always been a case that's been super intriguing to me. Um, it's like the unsolved mystery that's like near and dear to my heart. Um, I really wish that it was on unsolved mysteries. It'd be way cooler if they dug into it. There's also like well, you so never it's know one of those cases. I was gonna say you never know because the, the I just watched four. I was going to say, I just watched the most recent, well, some of the most recent episodes that came out, and I saw that Buffalo Gym one that's, like, potentially linked to organized crime, Dude, too. that shit was wild. <laughs> also, Blew I, my like, mind. wish I was friends with that guy. <laughs> like, what? Shame. He seems so cool. Wild. He did seem like a cool dude. He 100% seems like someone my boyfriend would be friends with. <laughs> I feel like that's, he is 100%, like, the reason why your boyfriend <laughs> is the way he is, I think. I think he so, He doesn't too. even know it. <laughs> doesn't but even yeah, know. 
but so but you never know i could i i'm gonna write into unsolved mysteries and see if they'll do it (laughs) i'm thinking i want to too i mean this has been something so like i was even there's for being an unsolved case and for being like a small case like i consider kenosha to be somewhat small i whatever besides the point there's a lot of shit out there on this. So I don't know if it's because it's, like, older, but also I feel like a lot of the older stuff, we usually don't find stuff. Like, there's a shit ton of crime photos out there. There's actual, like, the FBI's, like, writings on this. Um, there's multiple, like, so There's a lot that... of, like, I was going to say, like, any mob museum that, like, had yeah. pages and, like, information on it. And then there's tons of, like, archived newspaper articles on it, too. and also so there's a a lot of like um the court transcripts from like when other people who had ties to the mob like had gotten arrested and i was reading through them because i'm like how is this coming up like when i type in anthony brunette murder or whatever and there's multiple transcripts from like different people and it's no one big but like random names they definitely had some sort of mob tie and they would get arrested and like in their court cases like one of the questions that would come up is like do you know anything that happened to him like were you a part of the the murder do you know someone that happened and everyone was always like no no but they had anonymous tipsters that were coming in and saying you know i know that it's a part of this but i'm not telling you like there's just a whole different stories like all these different storylines behind what okay even that like tip the anonymous tip about where to find his body that sounds like organized crime like a thousand percent show like the sopranos one of these idiots would be like oh well he's not gonna fly anywhere (laughs) literally what (laughs) this like just the sarcastic organized crime Typical response. That's why they're called There's like, also, wise like, supposedly... guys, right? <laughs> yeah, because they're smart asses. <laughs> also, like, supposedly there's a bunch of mention of, like, the grave that was dug for him wasn't actually supposed to be for him. It was for somebody else. He just ended up in it. Like, they had someone else that was supposed to end up at oh this location. God. And then they killed him, and he ended up there instead. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you would have to be in on that to know all these crazy details. But yes. <laughs> pretty wild. That's all Some I got that I can say topics. On, on television, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> on the air. Uh, on, a, on a recorded line. <laughs> <laughs> For yes. Behind closed doors we can talk about some other shit. Okay. Sounds good. We'll we'll chat offline. <laughs> uh, Signing out. <laughs> Well, that was super interesting, Sid. I'm really glad we covered this one. Like I said, I was having, like, literally deja vu. That's Um, funny. I'm really happy. I do have a fun fact, too. There's also a book out there about this. Yeah, there is. It's called Shallow Grave by Gavin Schmidt. I saw that when I started doing research and I actually was going to probably purchase it. I was going to go to the library and see if I could just borrow it. But if I can't do that, then I'll just purchase it. Because I I am really interested in this. I would like to know more. Yeah, I think I'm going to try and get this book too. I mean, it sounds really good. Sounds really, (laughs) like you said, there's a lot of random stuff out there about this. And And I'm sure there's way more in there than what I was able to find on the internet. 
Well, yeah, and even for it being, like, the smaller, (laughs) like, potentially organized crime link, like, there's a book on it. That's a big deal, I think. (laughs) I agree. I think it's a huge deal. So, that was was my only little fun fact I wanted to add (laughs) for my notes. I appreciate it. Well, well do you want to? Oh, <laughs> do you want a fact or a joke? I was gonna say, let's uh, let's go fact first. In 1956, Dwayne Roberts, Roberts. I think I spelled Roberts wrong, but I think it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be Roberts. In 1956, Dwayne Roberts invented the frozen burrito. He created a bean and beef burrito and had placed it in a blast freezer. That guy, I hope, is making so much royalty money. <laughs> I would hope so. From his breakfast burritos. But also, I thought you were about rich. to say Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And I was like, 56? <laughs> what? <laughs> Dead. <laughs> I'm dumb. Literally, before we started recording, I said my brain is much. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hit me with a joke. What do burritos ask each other after they haven't seen each other in a long time? What? Hey, how you been? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That did make me chuckle, because I wasn't, I wasn't, like, reading it properly, I feel like, the first time, and then I was like, okay, that's kind of, <laughs> that's punny. <laughs> it is punny. I also, I just want to commend you on your delivery, because telling jokes the last four episodes, I clearly <laughs> am not nailing the delivery, <laughs> but you nail it every time. Even if it's not that funny, you get the punny laugh, because... <laughs> You at least get the delivery right. So, good job. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I work hard on these. I practice in the mirror sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, folks, you can find us on Facebook, Tacos and Tequila Podcast. On Instagram, it's just Tacos and Tequila. We also have a website, tacosandtequiliapodcast.com. I am happy to report it is 100% up to date because I got my life together. So (laughs) uh, you can find sources for all our episodes as well as links to our Spotify episodes. Also, just a quick side note before you say anything else. (laughs) um, We do know that there was a delay for some reason on our one episode, our Lisa French episode posting on (laughs) Apple Podcasts. I like literally put in a ticket to their support team. Like we didn't on our end, it's showing posted, but then we're going on Apple Podcasts and it's not there. So like couldn't figure out what the hell is going on. And then it just appeared. So it corrected itself. (laughs) It corrected itself. Uh we're on on all listening platforms that you can find us on like normal. You got a two-for-one deal, apparently, and you didn't even know Yeah, they came out the same day, so. That was not intentional. Not at all. (laughs) Again, it says it was posted a week before, but I don't know what was going on there. (laughs) It is what it is. 
And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, make sure you leave a rating or review. Helps us get noticed. Good to see what you guys like. And I think that's all. Yeah, I think that's. (laughs) I think that's all for both of us. And uh, since we're recording this way later than normal (laughs) on a work night, and we're getting a little loopy here at the end, uh, we will talk to you folks next week then. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Ha ha ha!